Welcome to BMO Smarter Investing, the new podcast series that's all about helping you make smarter investment decisions. Join top BMO economists, Douglas Porter, Sal Guattari, and Jennifer Lee each month as they discuss the latest market developments and insights. Together with a panel of special guests, they'll take a deep dive into topics, trends, and forecasts that are relevant to new and experienced investors. Hi, everyone. I'm Sal Guattari, and joining me is Robert Kavsik, Director and Senior Economist, to discuss Canada's zany housing market, with prices rising at the fastest rate on record, and interest rates now rising pretty quickly as well. Recent owners, potential first-time buyers and investors are concerned about a possible correction as per the early 90s. Robert, let's start with um, how we got to this point. Uh, we know the market is quite unbalanced. Is it demand or supply that's uh, abnormal? Well, it's it's mostly demand. I mean, there's there's as you know, there's a big debate out there about Canada being very undersupplied and wanting to you know double the rate of new home construction to to affordability constraints and things like that. But some of that's true, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But the reality is that since the pandemic started, we've just seen a tremendous increase in demand. And even though, like, if you look at unit sales, for example, the volume of sales just just out for March, even though we're we're well down from where we were a year ago at the at at the real pandemic high, sales activity is still a good thirty percent above what was normal in the year or so before the pandemic started. So it's 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 been a lot of factors. It's been households maybe pulling forward purchases that were coming a few years down the road. A lot of families looking for more space. Obviously, during the pandemic, cooped up in in a you know smaller condo in the core of the city wasn't wasn't the best place to be. The remote work movement as well has has opened up demand for some some markets outside the core of the big cities. And then, obviously, the biggest one, as it usually is, is just a just a incredible decline in mortgage rates that we saw to historic lows. So, all, I mean, all of those factors combined have have driven a dramatic increase in demand, and that really is is the side of the market that's still off the charts. So very much it's it's the demand side that's kind of out of whack, uh, not not the supply side, uh, uh, apparently. And that seems to be uh, what's pushing prices. How about for some of the fundamental factors, demographics in particular, are they also driving demand? Oh, yeah, for sure. And and this is something that's been with us for a, for a long time, right? And not only the immigration side, which we know is strong and, and gets a lot of coverage. Anytime you have international immigration targets that are in the four to 500,000 people per year range, that's going to drive a lot of housing demand, a lot of it on the, on the rental side initially. But also the, the millennial cohort is, is a big one too that maybe gets underreported a little bit. And the, the biggest single age group in that millennial cohort is, is, moving into their low 30s right now. I think it's like 32 or 33 years old, the biggest cohort. And of course, when you're in that low 30 range, you're having your first, your second kid, and you're looking for houses with more space, right? And so that's kind of been at the at the root of what we've seen, where the pandemic has really just magnified a big demographic trend that was already in place and was going to take place over the next couple of years, maybe pulled some of that activity forward and really magnified this push for more space and a movement of a lot of families outside the core of the big cities. So when you look at markets like Barrie, London, anything not 30 minutes to an hour outside of the big cities in Canada, but now one to two hours outside of the big cities, those are the areas where we've seen tremendous strength. And I, and I do think that you know as much as we talk about speculation and the market getting overheated, a lot of it is 
is rooted in these demographic demand fundamentals just happens to be the case that we've probably run a bit too far ahead of them. So I get the sense that the demographic factors that you mentioned, the the millennial households, international migrants, remote workers, even contributing to a good source of the strength uh, in demand. So probably warranting strong demand, but we know that demand has been excessively strong, if not outright hot. So there also seems to be another factor at play. And you did mention falling mortgage rates. So I get the sense that monetary policy may have played a role in inducing demand as well. Is that right? Oh, I, I think so, for sure. And I mean, remember a year ago, we were looking at mortgage rates that were in the you know one and a quarter to one and a half percent range. Even for five-year fixed rates, we got down around like one and a half, 1.6 percent at one point. Obviously, those days are, 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 are long, they're gone now and probably not coming back for a while for five-year fixed variables moving higher as well. I think we're probably north of 2% realistically now for most people, unless you're, uh, unless you have, you know, 90 day rate guarantee in your hand, but that's, that's a huge factor too. And it was something that really helped affordability quickly and keeping in mind too, that a lot of the job losses that we saw were very concentrated in a few individual sectors where a lot of industries actually saw continued job gains through the pandemic. So not only was the labor market strong for most people, especially at the mid to high end of the income spectrum, but they also got historically low mortgage rates thrown on top of that as well. And so you just you had a really, really good recipe for a quick increase in home prices. And that's that's what we saw. So basically, the, the very low interest rates by stoking demand. I mean, initially, they it improved affordability and supported demand. But of course, uh, prices simply accelerated. And actually, we ended up with the opposite problem housing market that now is, is is very expensive. I get the sense also taking advantage of those low mortgage rates were, were investors. Uh, were they a big force in driving demand? I think so. And and this is where we started to get concerned probably, I guess, a little over a year ago now. We started to <laughs> take some of these concerns public. And the concern was that, yes, you have all of this fundamental support that we talked about, which is fine. But it seemed like around a year ago, we started to see investors and speculation and just overall market psychology start to feed on on that fundamental strength. And what I, what I mean by that is prices started to accelerate simply because prices were expected to keep rising. And I mean, some of it's anecdotal, but a lot of it we've confirmed in, in various sources of data, right? From from the Bank of Canada or from, from Terranet, which goes down and looks at transaction level data. By far the biggest year-over-year increase or the, or the biggest share of, of housing transaction activity through 2021 was, in fact, multiple property owners. So it could be you know, recreational property buyers or, or a lot of it investors as well. And so that's, you know, that's, that's just kind of indicative of, of some of the froth that we've seen build into the market. And when you flip the story around, I imagine that as soon as we start to see those expectations of price gains start to dial themselves back... Or even if we get into a world where, on the whole, the market starts to actually see some price declines, you might actually see that that level of demand pull back out of the market very quickly. That's interesting yeah, because investors could be the, the canary in this coal mine. If they do pull back pretty sharply in response to rising rates, that could signal the market is headed for perhaps a deeper downturn. So we'll have to keep our eye on, on that share of, of home sales. Let's kind of pivot to uh, the supply side. Everyone says Canada has a supply problem. Resale listings, historically quite low. Some claim that the stock of housing is is as well. 
ambitious construction targets have been tooted as a solution, do we really need to build many more homes? Well, this is a this is a tough one because we are building as many homes as we ever have. I think there are about 340, 350,000 units under construction in Canada right now. Go back to the post-war era, we've never seen this level of construction activity. Now, obviously, the population is bigger today than it was historically. But even when you adjust for that, we're building still at the fastest rate we ever have. I think on a per capita basis, we're, we're building at about the rate we saw in the mid-1970s which was the last time we've, we've seen a building boom like this. So we are building a lot. That's, that's part of it. Are we building the right composition? That's another issue. And I mean, the answer there is probably not just, just because of the demographics we talked about earlier, where we have had this gradually increasing demand for single detached houses with space for younger families. The last 10 or 15 years in areas like the GTA or you know parts of British Columbia, we've actually been pivoting away from building single detached housing more towards condos and rows and more intensification. So uh, maybe there's a case to be made for the composition being a little bit off. And again, that just highlights why there's been this big push out of the big cities to some of the smaller markets, because they are able to provide that space that somewhere like the core of Toronto can't. And then the bigger question is, like, if this is a policy choice to go ahead and actually try and double the rate of housing construction in this country, I just think there's no way we can do it because as we are today, we're already pushing right up against labor market constraints, material constraints. And I mean, as an example, in, in the construction sector itself, the unemployment rate today is at a record low. Job vacancies are at a record high. And I know that's the case for, for most of the economy overall, but proportionally within the Canadian economy, vacancies today versus what was normal pre-COVID in the construction industry have have actually become even more significant. So I just, I just, I know from a policy perspective, I just don't think we actually can double the rate of construction like we saw floated around in the federal budget and provincial policymakers in Ontario have talked about doing. So it would be nice to see uh, much more home building in this country to take the pressure off of prices. But as you mentioned, it's a question of practicality. Can we actually do that? It doesn't sound like we can really ramp things up given the, the labor shortages and high building costs, municipal zoning restrictions. So it does sound like we need to work a bit more on the demand side and cool things off perhaps on, on that front. So what's, what's kind of your takeaway from, from all this? And how do you see the housing market adjusting to further rate hikes? Well, that's going to cool the demand side very quickly, I think. And we're already starting to see a sense of it. I mean, sales in March, seasonally adjusted, we're, we're, we're down about 5% or so. We're already quite a bit off of the highs we saw last year. But as we said earlier, I mean, the level of activity is still like 30% above what was normal before the pandemic started. So there's more room for sales to fall. And I think by the time we get to the second half of this year, like think of where we're going to be by late summer this year. We'll probably have another 100 basis points of tightening from the Bank of Canada. So variable rate mortgages, if we're just for argument's sake, if we're sitting at about 2.25% today. We're looking at variable rate mortgages north of 3%, probably in the 3 to 3.5% range by late summer. Five-year fixed rate mortgages will probably be sitting around 4% by that time. And that's, that's a pretty big adjustment for a market that was pricing itself off of 1.5% mortgage rates through pretty much the entire pandemic. So at least a doubling in, in, in mortgage rates. And, and that alone is going to 
just take a big bite out of housing affordability, especially when you consider the fact that even at those record low mortgage rates, and as you know, affordability by all the metrics that we track has already been pushing multi-decade highs and, and matching some of the highest readings we have going back through through time. So it's going to be a big test for demand. And certainly, I mean, even if if there is still underlying demographic demand there, then the price side becomes maybe one of the one of the avenues through which this kind of corrects itself. So, so you, you definitely see uh, interest rates moving up. Probably um, it's the shorter term variable rates moving up faster, I guess, guided by Bank of Canada policy rates and then longer term rates, perhaps just drifting up modestly further. So I guess for your typical borrower, at least based on our, on our view, it, it doesn't seem like they would end up saving much going either fixed or variable, at least over a five year horizon. But the question is, I guess, if interest rates do go up, uh, go up very aggressively, to corral inflation in particular, that of course might push the balance more towards a locking in at a five-year rate now. But again, it's pretty tough to see where, you know, how high interest rates will end up at this this cycle. But it doesn't sound like we're expecting interest rates to move to, I guess, punishingly high levels, more or less just, you know, settling in or at, at the high end of a neutral range. Would, would would that be your sense? Well, yeah, I think so. And our our interest rate forecast reflects pretty much that opinion, I think. I guess maybe it's worth noting that at the end of this tightening cycle for the Bank of Canada, I think we have Bank of Canada rates up at around 275, so about 100 basis points higher than the end of the last cycle. Still relatively low in a historical context, going back 10, 20, 30 years, obviously, but maybe a little bit, a little bit higher than we got used to at the end of the last cycle before COVID broke out. That's interesting because uh, it sounds like even if interest rates go up back to more normal levels, even if they are a little higher than at the peak of the last cycle, uh, affordability is still going to get uh, pretty strained. As you mentioned, uh, we could be back to the levels we were seeing for affordability in the early 1990s, and that that was a period of much higher interest rates. So again, it just see you know we paid quite a price, I guess, affordability-wise from the explosion in house prices through the pandemic. So it does sound like home buyers and investors are facing a much more stressful interest rate climate than in recent years. Is is that right? I think so. So I guess consider like the two sides. So from the investment side, a lot of investment property, and we'll just say use Toronto as an example, we were seeing cap rates kind of in, in some of the multifamily space, for example, or in, or in the condo sector, kind of nudge down to 3%, if not slightly below that. And maybe when mortgage rates were at one and a half percent, it was kind of justifiable. But what happens when we reset the market to three or four percent? Do those cap rates still make sense? Personally, I wouldn't think so. But we'll, I mean, we'll see how the how the investment community responds to that. Obviously, there's maybe inflation expectations are a little higher, so that offsets some of it. But it's going to be quite a bit harder to justify some of those cap rates we got used to seeing. And then for the actually like individual or family home buyer, if you were to just do some simple arithmetic and you know take a potential home purchase at one and a half percent for your mortgage rate, and then change that rate to three and a half percent. If you hold everything else constant, like your income and your down payment size, and you want to maintain the same monthly payment, then you have to take about fifteen percent off the price of that house to make everything else equal. So I mean, and that in itself just kind of highlights that we do have a pretty big affordability test coming, and maybe the price side is one area where where we see some adjustment lower. 
So basically, it's going to be pretty pretty hard to avoid at least some adjustment in prices from these or the recent frothy levels. May not you know retrace fully even the run up of the past year, but it does seem like some adjustment is in order. With all that said, I guess we'll return to our main question at the start of our discussion. Do you expect a major correction in in Canadian home prices? Well, I think we're starting to to see it in some sub markets already. So I guess the short answer is is we're we're probably going to see a correction. Is it going to be major? I think it. I think those fundamentals that we talked about ultimately do put a floor under the market. Could we see something in the ten to fifteen percent range? I don't. I don't think that's unrealistic at all. Just given where we've come from, that's consistent with some of the valuation arithmetic and affordability arithmetic that we've done. It would not retrace all of the increases we've seen since the start of the pandemic. And I mean, fundamentally, that makes sense because I think a good portion of it is just just a fundamental repricing of some of the markets in Canada because of the way the economy has changed. But some of it is froth. And if we are to take 10 or 15% off of home prices, it sounds like a lot. But considering the run we've had in the grand scheme of things, it actually isn't all that much. And I mean, so short of short of putting a specific number on it, I think that might be the range that we probably need to start thinking about in terms of how much prices could could come down from these levels. Yeah, it seems pretty reasonable. I mean, it doesn't fully even unwind the run up of the past year, but it does, as you as you mentioned, skim the froth off the the market that we were seeing at the turn of of this year and into early early this year. And that process may already, you know, be starting uh, fairly soon. So, um, Robert, thanks for all the insights. You have given our listeners uh, much to think about. Sounds like the housing market is poised for a much needed rebalancing. The one that does risk, you know, going too far in the opposite direction from seller's market to a to buyer's market of interest rates rise too abruptly. It's going to be an interesting year ahead. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Hopefully, this information helps you to make the right decisions. Thanks for listening to BMO Smarter Investing, podcast brought to you by BMO Investor Line. We're here to empower Canadians to invest smarter. For more information about how you can start investing today, visit bmo.com slash online investing. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get the latest episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts.